Welcome to the Vanilla to Vixen podcast. This show contains adult content, so if you are under 18 or easily offended, please switch off now. Mr. and Mrs. N are not qualified relationship counsellors. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Now the disclaimer is out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy our journey from Vanilla to Vixen. Five of Vanilla to Vixen. I'm outnumbered today. <laughs> We've got Mrs. N and delicious Debs in the studio. <laughs> we are here. We are indeed. We're all together. <laughs> back in the saddle. <laughs> That's it. Delicious Debs back in the saddle. <laughs> it feels a bit weird because I didn't say me naughty couple bit. I know, I know, yes. Yeah. So, so we are the... No- I'll do it now. Go on, then. We are the naughty couple, Mr and Mrs N, and we're joined with Delicious Debs. <laughs> Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening. <laughs> How are you, my lovely? I'm fabulous, as always. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. So today we're talking about empowerment, male and females, and all that kind of malarkey and <laughs> role, roles and all sorts of things. And yes, you know why men are like snowstorms, don't you? Go on. Well, you never know when they're going to come and you don't know how many inches you'll get. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Or how long it'll last. Well, this is the thing. And the media always over-dramatise it. Anyway, you just might get a light flurry. Yeah, I could answer the question as far as you're concerned, Mr. Anne. Well. <laughs> I know exactly how much I'm going to get. I should think so by now. And you never come because you always make me work too hard. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yes. So, obviously, we're like a hot wife couple. We are. Hmm. And there's kind of a thing in this lifestyle, isn't there? But really, the, the women are in charge when you go to clubs and things like that. And I think sometimes the single guys can get a bit of, like, a bashing. Oh, more than a bit of a bashing. More than a bit of a bashing. And the whole scene's set up so as the men do get the bashing. I mean, to be fair, from a female perspective... The scene is so ridiculously empowering, and so when I joined the scene, I'd came, I'd, I'd come from a string of um, quite abusive relationships. I didn't even know who I was, let alone expect other people to know and respect that. Mm. And it took me a little while to kind of learn a lot about myself, but the scene has definitely helped me learn that. And then I learned that, actually, I'm in charge. This this shit's cool, you know. It does take a while, though, doesn't it? It does. And initially, when people are saying, you know, you're beautiful, you're this, you're that, 
it can be very, very hard to hear because yeah. you've spent a lot of years not hearing that. Yeah. And even when you've heard it, you've not believed it. No. I mean, many a time I used to say to Mr. N, we'd get lots of messages and, you know, you'd be like, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to shag you and this, that and the other. And You've got great tits. Yeah. And I just used they, to... They were just my messages. <laughs> in the morning (laughs) (laughs) but I just always used to say they're only saying nice things to me because they want to shag you know they'd be like oh you're so beautiful and you've got an amazing figure and you're this and you're that and it's just like but the reality is even if that's the truth they're not going to shag someone they don't find attractive they just stay at home have a wank that's true (laughs) I never thought of it that way because in my head that is the only reason they're saying it yeah that's so true. I never even thought because of it that way. Because the scene is actually... They're not looking for a wife. They're not looking for... They're looking for somebody they want to shag. Yeah. That they want to shag. Yeah. Mm. Do, you know? you think, do you think it can be addictive from a woman's pers- perspective? Massively. To, to suddenly walk into that empowerment. To suddenly... Because it's so different to the high street or any other part so, of life. Yeah, and I... I don't know how many of your listeners, both of them, <laughs> have actually looked at my profile. My profile is, um, there is nothing, I'm trying to think way back when, I don't think there's even a shot of me in underwear. I think every single photograph of me, I am fully clothed. And most of them, I either don't have a head on or I've got a camera in front of it. Um yeah, I can't think that there's anything, hmm. even remotely, what I would consider provocative hmm. on my profile and still get a whole world of attention. <laughs> but at my age... I'm older than Moses. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's bloody well not. No. <laughs> I felt her ass this morning. Was... <laughs> Mo- Moses definitely had was saggier. We were, only, we were only checking for temperature, obviously, for research purposes. <laughs> Um, And I can, there's very few places on the planet that you could actually go dressed as provocatively as I do for the club Hmm. at my age and not be ridiculed or or frowned upon or judged in any negative way. Hmm. Whereas at the club, I can go in whatever I choose to go in and I'm yet, I'm sure it will come one day, to not receive a single compliment. Yeah. You know, it's lovely. It's And that's from the women as well as the men. Yeah, that's so true. You know, and th- the world is now set up that we, as a society, are hell-bent on beating others down. Mm. And then you t- come to the scene and it flips a full 180... And everybody's about building each other up. Yeah. Mm. And anybody who isn't is sticks out like a sore thumb. There are, from my perspective in the club, listening to conversations, listening to what people say, there are one or two people on the scene who just like to piss and moan. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's got time for that negative energy. Nobody's that. got time You're for that. But that. on the whole... The majority of people are there to straighten each other's crowns because we're all kings and queens. There's 
unfortunately, there is a lot of, because of the nature of the scene, there's a lot of um, female empowerment, which is absolutely fucking amazing. Hmm. But unfortunately, people that probably haven't been on the scene as long as some of us have buy into societies if we're going to have all this positive female empowerment we've got to have it's got to be toxic and we've got to Mm. then pull the men down yeah because we're so powerful the men are then not worth anything and they're not valued and they're not nurtured in the same way as we are i feel extremely nurtured by the 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 scene Mm. yeah and have been and consistently have been throughout the time i've been there Mm. and I feel that, unfortunately, there is quite a lot of toxicity that goes with that towards single guys. Yeah. I'm... I'm a I'm a big fan of single guys, obviously, <laughs> but not just not just ones that I want to have sex with. You know, yeah. as as a scene, I think we should be building up the guys as well as the girls. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's true, isn't it? It is. The, the issue sometimes is that if you try and be nice to some single guys, they assume that that's a a green light. light And then when you don't want to proceed, they then get not so nice about it. Yeah. Mm. But on the whole, the majority of the single guys that I've had any contact with have been just beautiful souls. Mm. I mean, I've, I've... definitely found when you're at the club with either the you know the married men or the single guys um i think we've been incredibly lucky that we've never really had a problem um i think that's how well the certain clubs are run though yeah because obviously i, I know a lot of the guys are vetted aren't they and yeah. they, they make sure that there's checks and things that go on but i've always found that because it, it's like the rule that the women are in charge, the men almost, um, I can't think, I don't know whether I can get the right word for it, but they, they almost thrive on the fact that, yes, the women are in charge and it, it's not as a negative, it's more of a... But I think that's, do you think that's because the, an actual a confident woman is very, very sexy? It, as long as you're not like a egotistical maniac... <laughs> <laughs> Then, then, uh, you know, a, a woman, a, a confident woman, is very, very sexy. Confidence um, is a, is the sexiest thing anybody can wear, hmm. male yeah. or female. That's so true. Arrogance is only half a step away from confidence, hmm. but has completely the opposite effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I first met Mister N, one of the things that really attracted to me to him, um, apart from, you know, how amazingly good looking he is and everything else was how <laughs> how confident he was and it was it was such an attractive trait yeah. to be with somebody that was confident and i think because of his confidence that helped me then to find mine yeah but i have to admit that kind of doubled trebled whatever once i got into the scene yeah and i have to say that um now i Considered a cougar. Who'd have known it? <laughs> um, Welcome to the club, honey. <laughs> so, obviously... Um, so, I... Uh, traditionally, uh, as uh, I matured into an adult lady, I liked older guys. 
So I only ever dated anybody that was older than me. Yeah. And then in my very late 30s, married a guy who was only 12 months older than me, which was, like, revolutionary. (laughs) And then now as I'm getting older, I just look at guys my age and think, oh, need a defib. (laughs) So... So I now do have a bit of a thing for younger guys and it would appear that younger guys have quite a thing for me too. Yeah. But I have found that when holding discussions, because I do actually talk to them, (laughs) um, they say older ladies have got past the... Does my bum look big in this? Is my belly all fat? You know, are well, my boobs a bit sad? Because we don't care. Because they are. <laughs> yeah. My bum looks big in everything because my bum's big. Uh, yes, my belly's saggy. And yes, my boobs, when I take my bra off, it's like an airbag going off on a car. <laughs> yes. All those things happen. That's me. If you find it sexy, hey ho, let's get down. If not, go home. I don't care. <laughs> but it's because we're real. Yes. And I don't have the hang-ups. If you wake up in the morning with me, you're going to wake up with Alice Cooper. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and my hair's going to look like I've been electrocuted and I'm going to need tea before I even function. <laughs> but I'm honest about it and I'm fine with it. And and I think the, the scene has, has helped with that massively. Yeah. Age and the scene. Um and, and the reality is that guys actually find that really sexy. If we go out for dinner, I'm having dessert. I'm absolutely having dessert. Yeah. You can't not have dessert. Exactly. But when I was younger, I would have been very conscious of always, you know, you might think I'm fat if I have dessert. No, I'm having dessert. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't eat all yours, I'm eating that as well. <laughs> I think it's, it's quite interesting that as a guy, and I can imagine as a single guy, when you go into a club, there's almost a release, a freedom that you can relax. Nobody's going to punch you for looking at their wife. No. no. But also as well, with a confident woman, you know that they're in charge. So you can just kind of take your, your alpha male coat off and just go, OK, what are we doing? Is that is that nice from a male's point of view? Because obviously, yeah. stereotypically, yeah. we, women are always supposed to like the men to take charge, them to be, like you say, the alpha male mm. and everything. So it, it, it's like kink. So you'll often find people in very high up jobs, high that pressure en- environments. Yes, enjoying being a sub. Because they like being a submissive because for, for an hour or whatever... They hand over control to somebody else. It's yeah. an escape. Yeah. And so I suppose as a guy going into a club, you can sit back and go, OK, ladies, do what you want to it. <laughs> I've told you before, that doesn't work. You've I got know. to stop it. <laughs> good to go Please. Yeah. <laughs> do what you want to it. Please. Please. <laughs> I'm going to get a reputation. <laughs> it's going <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah so I think I think obviously you don't know for all guys and I think that's the difference between a guy that knows the scene and a guy that's kind of just coming onto the scene you can kind of tell the difference 
because the guy that that is is on the scene, and then there's, there's some fabulous guys on the scene, like you say, Debs, and guys that you love mingling with as a, as another guy, just like chatting at the bar and just having a really good time with, and you know that they're just totally relaxed, mm. and you'd be very comfortable to hand your wife over to them. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't usually get that chance because Mrs. N just barges in. I was, I was just about to <laughs> say, so he doesn't get a say in it. <laughs> I was say, oh no, I've never had to do the handover. It's, it's pretty much already sorted. Why do you think it is though? Because like you've said, it took it took you a while. It definitely took me a while um, to start believing in it and feeling the confidence. Why, why do you think it is with, with us? Are we just, as women, are we just too critical of ourselves, do you think? Is it... No, you see, I'm going to take a step back from that because I don't think it is as women. I think it's as human beings. And I think, regardless of how much false bravado they give, the guys are in exactly the same position that we're yeah. in. They just probably exactly the same position. Cover it up more than we do, do you think? And or... it, it takes time for, you to, to, for your brain to be re- rewired. Yeah. And it, when you think about it, it's a very strange combination situation to be in. You're in a sexual environment and all of a sudden you know you're in charge. I mean, obviously there's consent and everything else. You don't just consent go... is sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Consent is sexy and that's something we have to keep yeah. underlining. Yeah. Consent is sexy. And for anyone that's never been to a club, you're not going to stand at the bar where women just run up like, they're in the Amazon or something, grab these males <laughs> by the hair or bollocks or both. And she goes, you're coming with me to the playroom. That's just Mrs. N. Yeah, I, just I was thought, going to say that. So that's I just, just that, that could be the next V2V event. Yeah. <laughs> we could go full cave on. Woman. Cave woman. Cave yeah. women of the wild Amazon. <laughs> yeah. But so I, think, I think it takes a long time for your brain to, to rewire. I've got to say, some of the most attractive men that I have spent time with in and out of the bedroom have been that blinkered to somebody giving them the come on. You could walk naked in front of them. <laughs> that is so true. Shove a tit in their face. Yeah. And they're still not going to realise that you're giving them the come on. Are they men in the, the scene? Uh, predominantly men in the scene yeah. I'm on about. I will tell you why I think that is. Go on. Because, and I think you've, you've accused me of this, haven't you, Mrs. N? Yeah, you're completely oblivious to it. Because we're so aware, again, and I'm talking about guys that totally understand the scene, totally get it, is at every single point, you, you, you're always looking for the consent. Because like you said, you're not doing that, because you know you don't want to be accused of yeah. being a little bit rapey or anything like that. You're doing that a little bit rapey. <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit rapey. Even a thing. <laughs> oh, he's only a little bit rapey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You don't want to be. Here. So, so you want it's sexy. You you you're used to that environment. The woman is in charge of of what's going to happen if if it's going all the way and so you're kind of sitting back and you're going okay if you want this so basically we need a big billboard that says you (laughs) sitting there in the blue shirt want a shag (laughs) but 
You see, blokes, it's been proven that blokes, when they go shopping, go into a shop, they march to, to the aisle of, of what they want to do, they, they buy whatever they want to buy, they go to the exit and go. Yeah. And women don't. Women just stroll around. Yeah, men don't see anything outside of their blinkers. They're very blinkered, aren't they? That is so true. If you, if per- you want a pint of milk, you're just going to go to the milk aisle. Perfect example... We took a friend of ours to the club for the very, very first time. He'd never been to a club before. We got a whole episode out of that. We did get a whole episode out of that. But it was hilarious because he did so well that night. He, you know, he was talking to different people. Um, and all the way through the night, people would say to me, oh, where's your mate? Is he all right? Kind of thing. And it'd be like, well, we've not seen him for a while and whatever. We were all sitting down um, just in the social area at the club, weren't we? Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of us women were there and we were just chatting and laughing and everything. And this this woman walked past and literally gave him the eye. And he was completely oblivious to it. And it took all of us women to turn around and say, did you not see that? We all saw it. We all knew exactly what she was thinking. I think, I think it. Yeah, and but he was... Com- no, no, the, I didn't but, see anything. But the first time in a club is, is a tr- as well is a tremendously overwhelming experience i mean you're lucky if you can remember what a bar stall is (laughs) can i also say you know we are we're predominantly saying in a club this in a club that in a club the other there's a massive amount of people on the scene that have never stepped foot in a club Mm. would never want to step foot in a club it's not in the same way as people say oh i'm never doing bdsm because i don't like pain They've got some kind of preconceived idea about yeah. a club. Yeah. And it's not something that they would want to do. Uh, yeah, but so how, we how do, do still have a whole sector of the the scene that are never been to a club, never going to a club, never, never how, even entertaining going to a club. How can you know you never want to go to a club until you've been to a club? Well, no, that's like saying you don't like chocolate and you've never tasted it. Exactly. Yeah. Said nobody ever in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely agree with you, but I still meet yeah. lots of people that say, oh, no, club scene's not for me. And I go, really? How many have you been to? Like, I've never been to one. Go, you probably ought to, like, open your mind up a little bit, just go to one and see. Yeah. But pick a good one. Yeah. Because if you go to a bad one, you're yeah. never going to step foot in another one. There's an interesting thing. Since we've been doing the podcast, obviously our messages on Fab Swingers have just gone boom. We get hundreds of messages. And we get lots of messages, like to meet Mrs. N. And we usually say, well, whenever we meet a stranger, we like to meet them at a club first. And the majority of the people that say, I would never go to a club, are guys. Yeah, that's so true. The women are like, okay, yeah, which club do you, do you mainly go to? Mm. But usually a lot of guys go, oh, no, 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 clubs aren't for me. Why is that? But I think there's a perception of a bunch of dirty old men. Yeah. You know, that that um, men in clubs are considered to be predators. Um, I have been to clubs here that that's the case. Mm. That's absolutely the case. And if they've spoken to other people on the scene that have been to those clubs, you know, they, they've got a point. Mm. There are yeah. clubs where the men are literally predatory. I've been followed around a club by a 
bloody bus queue. It was like a Benny Hill thing. You know? and <laughs> it was like that. And I've got a trail of... It was like Benny Hill in reverse. There's me at the front and all these blokes behind me. I'm like, for the love of God. So there is, you know, there is an element of... In certain environments, hmm. you know, that, that males can be predatory. But do you know what? I've, I, I've got to say, in my experience... It's probably not going to make me very popular, but hey-ho, I like me. Um, <laughs> that I find women to be way more predatory than men. So I have, I have witnessed... No, no, but you know now you I have that. witnessed women walking up to a bar and grabbing a man... If a man walked up to a bar and grabbed a woman, he'd be asked to leave the club. Yeah. That's, but yeah. a woman can walk up to the bar and grab a man. I've also seen women walk up to other women, grab boobs, stick their face in boobs, grab bums. Yeah. Yeah. And if a single man did that, he would be asked to leave. Yeah. Women think, because we've got all the power, back off, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Remember your manners. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no excuse for it. There's no excuse for it. But also, people don't seem to take exception when it's a woman. Hmm. And I'm like, why? That's so true. Why, why do we accept females behaving badly? Do you think that's got anything to do with, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, that... We're all going to be very un- unpopular <laughs> after this episode. I think that there was a huge difference between the 80s and the 90s and noughties. Massive. So the 80s, you had women that were just genuinely going out, making careers for themselves. You know, it was Dynasty and Dallas and they got wearing the shoulder pads. and they Grace were going Jones. Out. Yes, Grace yeah. Jones. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and so you really, really have, in my opinion, genuine girl power. Then along came the Spice Girls, and we had this girl power. But what what really was that? You know, women had already really taken a lot of control in the 80s, mm. in a good way. Um, but, you know, there's obviously always inequalities and in everything. And I'm not saying that, you know, they weren't treated unfairly in the workplace or whatever. But for me, there was more genuine female uh, girl power in the 80s mm. than there was in the but, in the But 90s. in the 80s, we were fighting for equality. And now mm. there is an element in society that is fighting for supremacy. Mm. I have no interest in supremacy. I I think that... If we do the same job hmm. and and all the rest of it, we should have the same wages. But if we take three years off to raise a child, we've lost three years of that career. We can't then expect to come back and be on the same level as somebody who has been consistently doing that job yeah. for that period of time. Yeah. Whether it be a man or a woman. Whether yeah. that be a man or a woman. Hmm. So I think, you know, I have female friends who are childless by choice and have made really good careers and are on equal footing with their male colleagues. Mm. If 
fact, I have a couple of female friends who are way in excess of their male co- colleagues because they've devoted themselves to their career instead of having children. Mm. And I'm not saying women shouldn't be having children or women shouldn't give up their career or yeah. have time off or whatever. But what I'm saying is we have to be fair. Mm. I also have male friends in their 50s who are white British straight men who are now never going to get a job in their chosen career, Mm. even though they've done it since they left school and worked their way up the career because they are white British straight men. Yeah. Yeah. They have to come from a diversity... To be able to secure a new role. That's the problem. They're all right in the roles they're in, but then they're stuck in that role because they're never going to be considered. There's a a serious problem when you have to just fill a quota. Yes. If you have to fill a quota, you are never going to get the best person for the job. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think... So as we don't go down a political line with this, because obviously that's yeah, not the yeah. nature of the podcast. Don't I set think, him off, Deb. I think to be able to bring it back to <laughs> what we, we're discussing, there is an element of that within the scene. Hmm. So there is an element of that within the scene and there is an element of, yeah, the women have got all the power, hmm. but that's not necessarily always a good thing. No. And I do think that we need to nip it in the bud now. Can we just stop the man bashing? Hmm. Can we please just stop the man bashing? Hmm. Because I've got to be honest, without single males on on the scene, why, you, why you and me are buggered, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, you wouldn't well, be. No, no, no. <laughs> and you're definitely not getting buggered. So, yeah. Um, so I think we just, can we just stop all the man bashing? Hmm. All right, and, and can we just appreciate every human being for what beautiful human beings they are. And if they're a cock, just tell them they're a cock. (laughs) All right, that's just, you know, we don't need to be bashing everyone because there's one or two mouldy apples in the barrel. Just lob the mouldy apples out, point out to them that they're mouldy apples and they need to be up in the game. The simplest thing is to treat people as individuals. Yes. Not as part of a group. Let's just be nice. Let's just be nice. Malice costs nothing. No, and just... Just straighten each other's crowns, kings mm. and queens. Yes. It's not just all about the queens, although I'm a fucking queen and it is all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but, you know, um, it, you know, can we just get back to straightening each other's crowns? Because, like I, I said at the beginning of this, when I first joined the scene, I was broken. I yeah. was very, very broken. Mm. And the scene has fixed that in a way that, I've got to be honest, I don't think years of therapy would have fixed it the way the scene's fixed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of who I am now. And it's ever so slightly vomit-inducing, I no, know. but I'm really proud of who I am now. I like me. I like the human being that I am. Mm. And the scene has had a massive part of that. Mm. A massive part of that. I think there'll be and a lot of, lot of people out there can relate to that. I certainly can relate to that. So if you're if you're a female, well if you're a female or a male, if you are new to the scene or you've not even on the scene and you're just thinking, oh, I might, I wonder, shall I try that? Shan't I try? Try it. Try it. Just, just, but approach with an open mind yeah. because the the scene can do so much for you. Yeah. So so much for you. Yeah. If you let it. 
Do you think... That, I mean, the thing is, and, and I think there's a lot of people that, you know you know even if there are like vanilla people out there listening automatically assume that if you're in the scene it's basically because you just want sex mm. there's so much more well, there's quite it. a lot of that <laughs> well there is quite a lot of that otherwise it you know it probably wouldn't be as exciting as it is but there is still so much more to it than that what you get out of it yeah the people that you meet the conversations you have so my very best friends in the whole world and i still have friends that i've had from school which was a very long time. <laughs> so I still have friends. I went out for a coffee with one of my friends from school earlier in the week. So, um, but all my very best friends are from the scene. Yeah. And that's because there is nothing that's off limits for a conversation. Yeah. I don't have to ever moderate what I'm saying. Not that I moderate what I'm saying or thinking anyway. There's no filter. <laughs> but I, I don't have to be careful what I'm saying with anybody. Yeah. Um, when I'm holding a conversation with scene friends. Um, and, and the lifestyle is so beautiful like that. Um, and they are genuine friendships. Mm. And, and some of these people I've known for nearly 20 years and I've never had sex with. And I never would have sex with them because I don't look at them like that. Yeah. But they've probably witnessed me having sex and <laughs> I've probably witnessed them having sex. And, you know, and then we'll go to the bar and have a laugh about it. Yeah. You know, that's, but that's, that's, so that's some of my genuine, most beautiful friendships. Yeah. Um, and again, something else that I wouldn't have had without the scene. Do you think once you're in the scene, you're drawn... I mean, you, like, like you obviously one of our really close friends. We've shared stuff with you, but we haven't known you that long. I share chocolate biscuits and everything. Mm, we do. I know. Mm. And do you think that's because... Once you're in the scene, you seek out similarities and, and, and so in other words, you seek out people that are also very open and to to a degree honest. I think to be honest, people on the scene are are naturally just very open and honest. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um and so you end up having conversations with people in a very short space of time that you probably haven't had with your close friends for years. Yes. Yeah. You've known them years before you'd even go down that avenue of conversation. Whereas on the scene, th that filter almost doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so, so true. Yeah. You, you lasted quite a long time on your knees, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have got very poorly knee at the moment. <laughs> I went out Monday night and didn't come home till Tuesday and have now got a very poorly knee. <laughs> no so, self take yeah. knee pads next time. <laughs> Could have at least supplied a cushion. Yeah. We did. We did. It was very it was very thoughtful, very considerate. And we'll definitely be going back there again. You just gotta be careful with the knee. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, if you sort of see people who are outside the lifestyle, how many times, and I've done this, where you go, you know, oh, you, you notice that you don't get that honesty sometimes. I'm not obviously comparing people that are in the lifestyle to people outside the lifestyle, but I am, in a way. But there's, a, there's, there's certain people outside the lifestyle who don't know anything about the lifestyle, don't want to be in the lifestyle, and 
as somebody in the lifestyle, you see that difference. You see them shielding and not being quite so honest. So it's just you're not automatically drawn to that. Yeah, and they're not. They're not actually. They're a different version of themselves with everybody that they speak to. Yeah. That's so true. It is. That's so true. I feel like I, I can't be asked yeah. to be all those different people. I'm just me. Yeah. Which can make my cake classes quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I think as you, the more you've been in the lifestyle, time-wise, the more and the older you get as well, I'm sure, you go... I couldn't give a shit whether people know or whether yeah. they don't. Yeah, you do. I mean, like we've said, I've, I've mentioned many, many times that all of my family know hmm. that I'm on the lifestyle and even my 81-year-old aunt, bless her. She's 81 on Friday. On th- uh, yeah, she's 81 tomorrow. <laughs> and yet you have to give full reviews. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. My mum was... Oh, my mum just... Are you going to the club at the weekend? Yes, darling, I am. Well, come here so I can see what you're wearing before you go. Okay. Oh, and so I have cool. to leave the house ten minutes early so I could go in. She could see what I'm wearing. That's so cool. Bless her. Dark Desires was her favourite party to review. Bless oh, her. That's so. My mum always had a, a like a closet thing for big black men, as she put it. Ah. <laughs> and um, I'm sure if she'd had legs, mum had both her legs amputated. I think if she'd had legs, yeah. she'd have been up the club on a Friday night. <laughs> I'd have been like. Oh, well, hey, Mum. <laughs> Do you think, though, the fact that you you were very open about being in the lifestyle and shared it, did that then change the conversations you had with, like, your mum? If you hadn't have said that you were in the lifestyle, would you have had that sort of conversation, do you think? Um, see, my mum was pretty special. My mum was an amazing human being and there wasn't really anything that was ever off-limits conversation-wise. So yeah. if I wanted to... I can remember uh, they used to run pubs when I was little and I was on the, the, the park at the side of this pub. We were only there for a fortnight on relief. And we are on... The, and there was, a, a like, a strap th- um, swing. And these two older girls came over and one was going, oh, it looks like a jock strap. So I went running inside. I'm like, Mum, what's a jock strap? And she's like... <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> that girl says that the swing looks like a jock strap, and she's like, "No, it doesn't." Jock, and she explained what a jock strap was, and she went, it "Doesn't look anything like that swing." And I'm like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> Skipped back out to the park. So she goes, "My mum says that doesn't look like a jock strap at all." <laughs> and then another time, I went round, and I'm like. Mum, what's a pianist? And she went, it's somebody that plays the piano. I went, no, it's not. <laughs> she went, yes, it is. I went, no, it's not. She went, yeah, it is, darling. I went, no, because the little boy next door has got his out in the garden. <laughs> she went, do you mean a penis? <laughs> <laughs> and his mum would be shouting, put your penis away. <laughs> I'd never called it a penis. <laughs> Pretty special like that. That's not a pianist. I mean, we always made the decision, didn't we, with with um, with our kids that if they ever asked any, you know, what most people would say, awkward questions, we were always going to be honest, weren't we? The funniest thing with our youngest daughter, I think she was at primary school once, and I don't know whether it's when they started to doing sex education and and stuff. Um, 
and she, um, she wanted to know what ejaculation meant, didn't oh, she? God, Do you yeah. remember? And it was like, right, okay, so I need to explain. Because so bearing in mind, she was only what, 10? No, I don't think she was... No, she was... Younger than that. Younger than that, yeah. It was younger than that. So it was like... And I literally started the conversation off. It's like, right, well, you know the man, um, and he has this stuff that... (laughs) And that's as far as we got. She went, I don't want to know! I don't want to know! And she put her hands over her ears, and that was as far as... Well, we had to tell a teacher, because it was hilarious. I can imagine her doing that. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just... and Yeah. It was so Osborne used to do all the kids' books when my son was little. Yeah. If you wanted to know anything, buy an Osborne book. So I went to Waterstones and bought the Osborne book of the human body. Mm. And if they still make it, it's a fucking cracking book for a child. So what I would do is if he asked me an uncomfortable question, I would dig out the Osborne book, go through to the page that went with that, because there was all about the whole of the human body in there. Yeah. Yeah. So I could then go to the page on Willie's and go, that's, you know, and that. (laughs) Um, There was no internet. Well, there was internet. We were on dial-up, you know. It (laughs) It probably would have been quicker reading the book. (laughs) Exactly. So we had the Osborne book. I mean, people still had... I mean, we had a library in the house. We had books on everything. So (laughs) it wasn't a problem. People don't have books now. They have Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so... And what I would do is I'd give him the book and I'd go, right, I'm going to go downstairs and have a cup of tea. If you find anything else in there you want to discuss with me, you feel free to come down. And then he could read or not read as much of it as he wanted to. And if he'd got any questions, I would happily sit and chat with him about it. And he used to finally go, oh, no, the next page is gross. Take that. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the book back. It's great. (laughs) And then that way, as he was old enough to absorb that information, he'd got it. So he, he, by the point he was old enough to absorb the information, he didn't mm. think the page was gross. Yeah, no, he exactly. thought the page was worth a read. Yeah, you don't need to stuff it down primary kids' throats. Oh, no, definitely not. Just let them absorb it at their own yeah. pace, and that, yeah. is, that is good. So I was very lucky in that my mom had a very, very open mind, and mm. and so I could discuss anything I wanted to. So I was kind of raised in that environment. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, we were still shushed when aunties came round and stuff like that. You know, yes. it, wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, let's all sit around the dinner table and discuss cock sizes or anything, you know. So, yeah, that would that have was, made Sunday lunches a little bit more interesting. My dad, my dad was way more guarded than my mum was, really? which is really surprising. So my dad was way more guarded. So a lot of the conversations were mum and I. Yeah. They weren't they weren't sit down over the table and <laughs> family conversations. They were mum and I type conversations. Um so I, I am fortunate like that and, and I have that relationship with, with my children. Yeah. yeah. I just I think the internet you you were talking about the internet and obviously books I mean, the internet has changed the non-monogamy lifestyle tremendously. But I don't think that that's necessarily always for the better. Mm. So, when I was a kid, it was um, razzle and all those kinds of things that I'd find (laughs) under my dad's bed. It was only when he was talking to other people he wasn't spicy. (laughs) That shit was under his bed. So, but that was about, you know, uh, 
real life, the nearest you got was readers' wives. Yeah. Where they'd sent a dodgy Polaroid in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, kind of as you, the kind of, the VHS. VHS bought in home porn. Yeah. You know, that was revolutionary, the old home porno. <laughs> and then, but it was still... You had to go into a shop and buy that shit, or you had to nick your dad's. Yeah. yeah. So kids weren't exposed to it like they are now. You've only got to log on to the internet, and it goes, are you 18? And your 12-year-old goes, yeah. Of course, yeah. And they've got okay. access yeah. to all kinds of... The most brutal, hardcore, yeah. But even if you're looking at pretty mainstream normal porn, yeah. it's unrealistic. Yeah. Do you know what? When I was growing up, um, you know, I've obviously got quite a large family and I remember, I don't know whether it was one of my sisters, my oldest sister or whatever, we we got a porno to watch. Um, and I think my my view of pornos at the time were, oh, you know, those poor women... Yeah. You know, it just feels like they're being used. Really? Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. That's ha- that was my um, opinion of of women in the porn industry. And what that, you saw on the screen. And what I saw on the screen was like, you know, they're having to, to you know, do these acts of things for were, the men. Were you, were you actually looking at, at her as an actress? As, no. As a, as a... No, I don't think I was. I don't think... You thought it was exploitative. Yeah, very much so. And obviously then when, you know, we kind of joined the scene and everything else and you realise, actually, these women really enjoy it. <laughs> yes, they were having a really she good time. She was having one hell of a time. And, it's, and that changed my view, but it was only when I got into the scene that I then started to understand that, no... That sex is actually enjoyable for both parties. Yes. Yeah, but do you think that's probably because you didn't realise that you can actually enjoy it as well? <laughs> I, no, exactly. I just assumed that that woman was there to please those men, um, and that was the film. My nan once said to my mum that she'd only ever had two orgasms in her life, and that's why she'd got the two children because <laughs> she thought she had two orgasms as well to get her baby. So she must have had two orgasms in her life because she got two daughters. It's hilarious. And then my mum get, I think. I don't know how my nan ended up with a book called The Perfume Garden. I've never heard of it, but apparently my nan ended up with this book called The Perfume Garden. And um, she came to my mum and she went, oh, my God. She went, I've just found out what oral sex is. She said, I thought it was when you talk about it. (laughs) She went, you don't do that, do you? Because I'm never kissing you again. generation where women yeah put up with sex yes yeah. you weren't an active participant no yeah it was almost like your duty yes and i think you know thank the lord we've got past that yeah but i think if we carry on down our toxic lines that we're going in 20 years or 30 years it'll be the men putting up with yeah. what we women demand yes yeah. Because we are getting to the point where we, th- not not me, because I am absolutely not going down this line and never mm. will, because I'm consciously not going down this line and I never will. Mm. But we are getting to a point where women think it's perfectly okay to demand. Yeah. If, if you're an activist, it doesn't matter what your cause is. If you're an activist, you have to ask yourself... 
how much is enough. Yeah. And that's it. So and I think that's the question that people aren't asking. Yeah. Not enough people are asking. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it's okay. It's, it's all right to empower us. Enough And I, I am so grateful to the scene for the empowerment it has given me. Mm. And um, I wouldn't want to be... I certainly wouldn't want to go back to what I was before all this started. Yeah. But I'm very mindful that I don't want to go too far yeah. down the rabbit hole. Yeah, absolutely. Because you end up, if you, take, if you take a couple of people who are currently in the media right at this moment, I'm thinking Sam Smith and I'm also thinking of Meghan Markle. So both of those you, you would call, Sam Smith is, is obviously very hot on promoting the LGBT Q plus community, but with the the re- and quite frankly the ridiculous thing he was wearing, which is you can wear what you like, but he, all he's done is set himself up for ridicule. I think potentially the mm. issue is he has probably his publicist mm. may well, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying mm. this is my thoughts. Yeah. We all know they're not always right. So his publicist has probably gone. Lady Gaga rocked a meat dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's achieved what he wanted to achieve because everybody is discussing but, him. That's right, yeah. Everybody is discussing him. Yeah. And when you're a celebrity, there's no bad publicity. He is getting a shitload of publicity. What he has done, in my mind again, and again, I'm not always right, what he's done is he has set back... The LGBTQT community. I totally yeah. agree. Because he has turned them to ridicule now, and they're yeah. not for ridicule. Yeah. No. Is they it... are... They deserve as much respect as everybody else on the planet. We all deserve to be treated as equals. I, I totally agree. And for human us beings. to take a whole section of society and point and fucking laugh at them yeah. is not appropriate. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, what he's done in his... Search for fame and infamy. Yeah, is he has set back their cause by an awful lot, and I yeah. think that's very sad. If very, you... very sad for a member of their own community to have potentially done I, that. I, I yeah, totally. yeah. Uh, we're all people of a certain age, and we will no doubt remember a certain young man called Boy George. Yes, stepping onto the stage yeah. for the first time on on top of the pops. For those young people listening, Top of the Pops was fucking cool. Yes. <laughs> there with your tape recorder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boy George did more for the, the, the gay... It wasn't LGBT back then. It was just for the gay and homosexual. He did more for, for that whole scene and for the community as a whole and bringing it forward and making it more acceptable because all of a sudden you had people who were 50 years old back then who thought he was... His music was cool. Yeah, but in all fairness, do you not think that the whole music scene had a massive effect on that at the mm. time? I went to school with guys that wore guy liner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All the guys wore guy liner. They all grew long, flicky hair. Spandau yeah. ballet. Yeah. Spandau New ballet. romantics. Yeah. yeah. Frilly shirts and, you yeah. know. Duran Duran. Yeah. Who there, didn't the, want to be Simon Le bon? Yeah, but there was a massive... I wanted Movement. to do Simon Le Bon. I didn't well, want to be There's no such thing as bad press. Mm. Mm. Madonna getting legged up by yeah. her cape 
on the award show yeah. was a horrendous accident, but God did that give her some amazing publicity yeah. Yeah. that people talked about for weeks afterwards and if she'd have just gone on and done her show, everybody the next morning would have been going, that's amazing, yeah. but moving forward, it would have been like that was yesterday. Do you, yeah. remem- do you remember um, in America, um, Justin Timberlake and who was it? It was Janet Jackson, was it? Titgate. Yes. <laughs> Titgate. That was talked about for a whole week. They played the whole thing. And yeah, so I, I, I question, and I could be wrong, hmm. I question his motivation yeah. for doing that mm. and whether it was for the right reasons. Mm. But he's got the right outcome for him. So we don't think we can necessarily kind of go down the old Sam Smith on behalf of the LGBTQT community because I don't think that's necessarily mm. the case. Yeah. Do you think... I'm gonna get I'm gonna get so much shit for that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's my opinion, and I'm allowed to have it. That's the whole point. We're allowed to have our yeah, own opinion. You don't are. have to batter people. No, you don't. Just for having thinking different. But I'm thinking like when we go back to when we were sort of teenagers in the eighties and things, unlike Mr. N, who was younger. There you go. You see, ladies, look mm. <laughs> the look of bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were more accepting of of people with different um, lifestyles and things. I, I don't remember it being so, somewhere, as somewhere. I'm sure there. I'm sure there was out there. But I, as I, a kid, I I don't seem to remember it being as as bad as what I think it is now. But I think that was because they were allowed to exist if they quietly existed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If that's they just true. quietly existed. Yeah. Adam Ant and Boy George were allowed a little bit of makeup. Yeah. But, you know, they just had to quietly exist. Yeah. yeah. And and certainly within the, the greater community, um, you know, you'd have gays living next door, but, you know, we just, we we just don't, don't mention talk it. about it. Yeah. We don't mention it. Yeah. And there was, you know, even up until relatively recently, there was gay couples that were claiming to be brother and, uh, brothers yeah. or sisters or, you know... Just friends yeah. who still didn't feel like they could announce yeah. that's my life partner. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad. So I think that the the acceptance that you think we had then yeah. was more about them just living their life quietly and not yeah. waving a banner. Yeah. Which brings me on nicely to the kind of the difference between LGBTQ and then the non-monogamous lifestyle. And I think the non-monogamous lifestyle are almost living like 30, 40 years ago, a person of homosexual who's homosexual. Yeah. That they're living in, in the same way. It's something that is done at the weekend on the quiet because, oh, if, if, if my work found out, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be... You know, looked looked upon very goodly. I have lots of friends who are who are gay, mm. and years ago, if you came out as gay, mm. a male came out as gay. Yeah, every man that knew them would assume that he then wanted to have sex with them. Yeah, yeah. And now it, they, we've kind of proven that that's not the case now, and men don't feel as threatened yeah. by having a gay man in the room now. Yeah, whereas they used to. And I still think that. Vanilla people think if they find out that their friends are swingers, 
They naturally want to have sex with your wife or your husband. Yeah. If you can't go around the house, you'll end up being shagged. Yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Or as a swinger, if I go round to, obviously not your house, if you were a vanilla couple, yeah. and I came round to your house to, I don't know, drop off a book. Yeah. And you weren't at home, Mrs N, mm. but you were at home, Mr N. Yeah. When you came home... You wouldn't question me coming to drop a book off if you didn't know I was a swinger, but if you knew I was a swinger, yeah. you'd assumed yeah. I've come to drop a book off yeah. and fuck your husband. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. yeah that's Why so would I? I yeah. know. Yeah, I'm choosier as a female from the scene mm -hmm. than I ever would be yeah. as a single female out on a Saturday night full of beer Shagging something I can't even remember its name. <laughs> and being in the scene, you have more opportunity to exactly. be to be yes. choosier. Yes. You know, we, 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 we see people that in a million years, I wouldn't think I stand a chance with them in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Unfortunately, because of some of the beautiful documentaries I've made on television. <laughs> yeah. Class television watching. That's the reason that this podcast exists. Yeah. yeah. Because we were so sick of the shit of people in fucking dog masks on d Channel 4. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So I think if we can, <laughs> if we ever, we will one day get the message out there that we're not after your husbands or your wives. <laughs> Well, with some one them. or two exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just putting it out there. <laughs> well, a couple of exceptions. Idris Elba, yeah, I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> I don't care that he's married, he's got a baby and that blissfully happy. I don't care. Well, you I don't, don't want care. a relationship with him, do you? No, no absolutely not. You, you just want his cock. That's it. If Alex Scott just came round to drop a book off... <laughs> she wouldn't be looking at you, mate. <laughs> Oh, She'd bugger. be interested in me and Debs. Oh, <laughs> but if you're a good boy, we'll let you watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that kind of, kind of under-empowerment. That's the thing. I do think that you, you need to milk the scene for, for all the joy that it can bring you yeah, and it is absolutely. joyous yeah the friendships which you know i think is the major thing the vanilla world don't get because people open a newspaper and they might see like the sun the hatchet job the sun did on uh swing fields swing fields I was there. a few years yeah and we've we've talked about that in private yeah. The hatchet job. So when, you, you know, you get Mr and Mrs Smith in their vanilla world opening up the sun and that's the impression they've got yeah. of of swingers. And so therefore, you know, oh my God, you know, and it's something of ridicule, it's something to be laughed at. And so then the next time they hear the word swinger, it, it is something of, of ridicule. To the point, people even in the lifestyle, and we we know many people don't want consider themselves swingers. Yeah, yeah. They still do the same activity as everybody else. It doesn't matter what you label yourself, but they don't want to be labelled that because the like the likes of the sun has tarnished it so much. Yeah. Well, it hasn't given a true representation. No. That's the trouble. They've they've just made it out to be something that will sell papers. But it's it's all about selling papers. It's yeah. all about. Hmm. 
it's it, tabloid at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just about selling columns, selling yeah. newspapers and filling columns. And they'll fill columns with bullshit yeah. just to... But uh, did you watch the Charles Bronson thing the other night? And his, no, no. his son um, was saying, you know, his dad will ring up and go, oh, I want to be in the paper on Sunday. And they'll literally just make a story up. <laughs> Yeah. And they'll put it in the paper and he'll make the front page of the paper. And he says it makes Dad happy and he's sat in prison and got nothing else to do, so why not? <laughs> yeah. And it just goes to show what bullshit they'll put in the newspaper. Absolutely. Literally just, just fills the newspaper. Yeah. 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 So I don't I take everything with a huge pinch of salt. Mm. I, I personally um, have newspaper to line the bottom of the budgie cage. I don't, wouldn't read one. I use the free metro ones because I don't have to pay for them then. And they're literally just for the dog, the, the budgie to shit on because that's all those column inches are worth. It's true. It's, I love that. It is so true. But still, like a, like a car crash, everybody goes, ooh. Yeah. You know. I can remember my ex-husband's aunt saying, it must be true, it's in the sun. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, now it, it's it must be true. It's on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that frustrates me. Yeah, but even now, there's such a blurring of we don't know what the truth is. Right from the highest power of you know, take for instance, like the news that came out this week. This is if you tuned into Vanilla to Vixen, this isn't this week in news. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this week. Wake up, you fools! Wake up! (laughs) This week, it came out that it's just kind of saying that don't believe what you hear, no matter where you hear it from. Because this week, on all the news channels, oh, by the way, yeah, COVID did actually leak from a lab. But only last year, if you wrote that on Facebook, you get a ban. Yep. Or a couple of years ago, you know, no, 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 you're not allowed to say it came from a lab. It was, it was, came from a fucking bat. You know, from from a market, somebody selling on yeah. the market. But now it's official in America this week. It, it came from a leaked lab. And that just goes to show it doesn't matter where you hear the news from, it might not be the truth. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, equally next week, they might be going, no, that wasn't true. Hmm. So. Exactly. Do what I do. Don't watch the news. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. Because they've all got drills. <laughs> They're getting in my boat. <laughs> Turn it off. Absolutely not. The the thing is, I don't remember the last time I watched any news and they had a good news story, like mm. a feel-good news story. Yeah. They used to always have, mm. you know, this dog had escaped and, and we found it two years later and reunited, reunited it with its own. Or this <laughs> yeah. cat that got in a truck and went to Penzance, you know. <laughs> the, there was always some nice kind of news to, to counter... The shit. Yeah. And I don't remember the last time I saw a nice news story, so I will not engage with it. That's just because it's 24 hours of negative shit now. Yeah. We don't get half an hour with a nice little news story at the end of it. Yeah. There's nothing fluffy. No. There's nothing fluffy to be heard from it. Do you know what I think if we need to do? the world's coming to an end, I don't need to know. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd like to know how long I've got before I can have my last shag. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be straight down libs. <laughs> single love I'm upstairs with a vibrator there ain't time to get one round I think that people in the swinging community should be the people writing and reading out the news can you imagine how happy life would be I think you just solved the world's problems I have I have because it's just like we, we always say this you know 
when you, when you go to a club or whatever else and you're participating in an activity of... Can you imagine the headlines? Putin has just invaded Ukraine. He what has, a cunt. <laughs> he has the size of... The cock size of a small sausage. Hung <laughs> like a hamster. Yes. He's got, he's got little man syndrome. And, oh, no, yeah. don't stop me on that no, one. No, There's no, a no. whole new story and I will definitely upset people. So I'm going to keep my mouth very well shut on That's that it. one. It's, I, think, and I think you've just hit on the thing that people in the lifestyle are just a lot happier being in their own skin. Yeah. Yeah. And we're honest. Yeah. And it's just a shame that society is the way it is, that a lot of us feel like we can't be. I there is a little element of all of the Channel 4 documentaries hmm. and, and all the Channel 5 documentaries and all the rest of it have diluted the scene. So I've been on the scene now for about 18 years. When I joined the scene, it was very, very underground, like ridiculously underground. Yeah. Yeah. And so people on the website... All paid to be there. Nobody was there for nothing. Yeah. And so... Is that Fab Swingers? Uh, and Swinging Heaven. Yes, yeah, remember So it. I started on Swinging Heaven. Yeah. I didn't even know about Fab. Yeah. I started with Swinging Heaven and mm. then somebody that I met from Fab, Swinging Heaven told me about Fab and I'm like, no, I don't want another profile. And they, for financial reasons, said, oh, you know, you should take a fab profile whilst it's free yeah. and then when they make it paid you'll you'll keep grandfather rights and keep a profile so i took one and i've ended up on fab not on swinging heaven any yeah. longer so i found over the years the scene has become diluted and not in a good way unfortunately so all the documentaries there's a lot of people that have Watched them, watched a bit of porn, watched a bit of the documentary, watched a bit of thought, oh, that sounds horny, I'll have a go at that. (laughs) And they've they've gone online, oh, we can join there for free. So they've took a free profile on Fab and they've gone, "Um, I'll um, I'll have a go at that. And they've stuck some photos up there. And in my experience, they're all... Um, fit young men with tattoos and muscles. What do I'm looking at there? <laughs> um, but in reality, it's not. It, yeah. In reality, it's going to be men, women, you yeah. know, couples yeah. that have done this. And they, they talk a good talk. So they're like, yes, I want to do this. Yes, I want to do that. Yes, I want to have a meet. Yeah, I'm free on Thursday at five o'clock, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you get to Thursday at four o'clock and all of a sudden they've gone ghost. They've deleted their yeah. profile. They're just literally ignoring you. Yeah. Um, and and like we've said a few times, when you get ready for me, you're getting ready to go somewhere, yeah, and do something. And so you're getting in that mindset from when you start that process, yeah. And it's not a ten minute prof- process. You guys, shit, shower, shave, out the door you go. <laughs> Women, you know, in the time it's taking you to do all that, we've still not picked which shoes we're wearing or which lippy. <laughs> so it is quite a drawn out process, and very often for. Women, and I'm sorry if that sounds sexist, but there are exceptions to this. I have friends who are single dads, but on the whole, single parents are predominantly single female parents. They're single moms. Yeah. If you're a single mom, you have made arrangements for your children. You have gone to all the effort of getting ready to then have that cancelled at the last minute or literally just ghosted. Or you're going to meet somewhere... 
like a like a place, a bar or whatever, you could actually arrive there and they just don't turn up. Yeah. Mm. Now I've had several instances of this in the since I've started doing the podcast. So in the small wow. duration, wow. I've got to have had ten or twelve. Why incidents of that? Just have a wank. <laughs> Stop making the scene into something that it isn't. The scene is a beautiful, beautiful mm. thing that's very empowering and lifts people up. And when you do that to somebody, mm. you actually make them doubt that you ever found them attractive, that, you know, they're... That, that that meat was ever going to go... Yeah. You make them doubt things. I, thankfully, have been on the scene long enough for this not to negatively impact me other than pissing me off. <laughs> but it doesn't actually make me question who I am, whether I'm attractive or anything else, because I know for a fact I am not attractive to a lot of people. But I also know that I am attractive to a lot of other people because mm. that is human nature. Yeah. And I'm completely cool with that. And what it also does as well, which takes us right back to the start, it gives single guys a bad name. Yeah, yeah. but the people that do this are the same people that write shit profiles but will never ask for help with it. Yeah. yeah. They don't care. But it's... They don't care what it does to other people because they're never going to go on to meet anyway. So it doesn't matter if they fuck everybody's sex life. But doesn't matter. They're fucking their own sex life because if they're giving bad uh, single guys bad reputations, they're giving themselves a bad reputation. But I firmly believe that a lot of these guys are never going to go on to meet. Yeah, that's they, so they true. Just it's horny in their head. Yeah. But then actually, the reality of having to go through with it makes them go, "Ooh, it's like, oh well, no, that's a bit." It's almost like. I've pulled her. Brilliant. Switch it off now. And, and yeah. Yeah. Go and watch. Yeah. Fucking Pornhub or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Next just an stuff. ego boost, isn't it? It is. And you know what? We all need a little ego yeah, boost now do. and then. But yeah, just we, don't get. Playing, don't take you, it all the way to a. Yes, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to do mm, this. I'm going to. Yeah. That, that's not Pornhub where you just you, you you're looking at a screen. You're playing with a real person's emotions. Exactly. And hopefully, as we've shown on the podcast, people in the lifestyle are not 2D Sid James type carry on characters where we laugh at Barbara yeah. <laughs> Windsor's boobs. We like real people with real friendships, real, you know, emotions. emotions. And whereas we're not looking for wives or husbands or, or any of that stuff, and we're not looking for relationships, we're looking for short term encounters mm. that may be repeated. Like Monday, that's definitely getting repeated. <laughs> <laughs> short term encounters. That that doesn't mean that we don't have emotions. Mm. It doesn't mean that we can't be upset or hurt. Exactly. It's very still can. Yeah. And the guys can get, like I keep saying about the single guys getting bashed, mm. they have emotions as much yeah. as we do. So can we all just be kinder and more honest to each other? The reason I joined the scene in the first place was because I'd had lots of vanilla dates where the guy had said, oh, yes, I want a relationship and I want this and I want that and I want the other. And then once we'd actually slept together, I would never even hear from them again. Yeah. And I joined the scene because I admired the honesty of saying, don't want to do your washing, don't want to cook your dinner, probably won't see you again, but I'd really like to have sex with you. Should we go for a drink? And mm. I'd be like, 
Absolutely. Exactly. Yes, and I love that. I love that honesty. Yeah. And I do think that, unfortunately, we've stepped away from that a little bit and yeah. I'd like to step, take another step back towards it. Yeah. Can we just be honest? Brilliant. Perfect. Sexy pen pals. There are lots of people on Fab that want sexy pen pals. Hmm. They don't want to meet anybody. They're not bothered about meeting anybody. They just want to have some sexy conversations. Yeah, there are there is space for sexy pen pals, yeah. but I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> I you... barely have time to write a list for fuck's sake. I'm, I'm, I know. And you've got the kneecap to prove it. I have the kneecap to prove it. <laughs> Going home to put some Voltrol on it. <laughs> I believe Joe. That woman on the advert says, I believe Joe. I mean, yeah. she says that she's got that from walking. She hasn't spun on it. I think that would be a much better advert. I'm just picturing it in my I mind. Know, like, can you imagine if you just literally turned the entire way around and people sold things, viewed things from a swinger's point of view? It would just be so much better. So I think after the watershed, they could they could do it like an adult, I believe, advert. They could, couldn't they? Can you it in? The, the, the I believe sort of board meeting on Monday morning right guys I've got your advert for this month <laughs> blowjob kneecap yeah blowjob kneecap he's got a bad back from trying to like pick him up yeah sore hip from all that thrusting yeah it works, doesn't it? I, don't yeah. know, I, I bet their sales would go through the roof, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and we've just given it away for free. I know. Fuck. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> We're a marketing night at a dream, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Can I just say, so my profile fixes um, is... I've had a gentleman ask me to look at his profile mm. and his name Mr. is Kirk. Mr. Kirk. Yes. And, um, sweetie, there's, there's nothing wrong with your profile. You know there's nothing wrong with your profile. It's great. But now we've just done you an advert. So I think that's what's going to end up happening. <laughs> We're just going to have all the single guys that want a, de- a de- delicious Debs advert for their <laughs> profile to, um, yeah, just send it in and I'll, I'll just read your names out. I'll just give you a list of really shit up profiles <laughs> and you ladies can, and couples can all go and have a look at them. And um, if anybody ever comes up with one that does need attention, I'll let you know. There you go, Mr. Kirk. The, the highest accolade there's nothing wrong with your profile brilliant you're cool exactly (laughs) thank you so much you're very welcome my darling it's a pleasure as always we will definitely be seeing you again absolutely definitely (laughs) i love it i love every minute take care to all three of you listeners absolutely (laughs) i love you all dearly and i will see you at v2v i'm actually coming as a as a guest and i'm bringing a guest with me so let's spot the deb in a dress (laughs) (laughs) this weekend i'm going to see deb on the cushion (laughs) i can't wait (laughs) well as long as he's lost enough weight to get in the dress shirt apparently he's only coming if he's lost (sighs) enough weight to get in the dress shirt if he hasn't i'm yeah I'm not going to be happy, Bunny. Just wear the hat. That's all he needs to do. Just wear the hat. Exactly. It doesn't yes. matter where he wears it. Dress shirt undone to the waist to be absolutely fine. Exactly. You're going to see Miss, Mrs. Ernie with her tongue out. <laughs> what, for a change? Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to see all these gorgeous people. I know. It's it, going to be fabulous. It's, this is Hollywood night. This is a one-off. 
we, we, we have got, I've shown you all the trimmings for the club. We have trimmings. It's going to look like LA. Lutterworth is going to be LA. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, it's really nice for the guys to have an excuse to really dress up. Because mm. we're ladies, we always dress up. We, we can always put that little bit of extra oomph into it. That's true. And then, you know, then of course we've got dressed down as well. So we have two beautiful <laughs> things that we can wear. Yes. And the guys very often, like, his favourite shirt is, is probably the highlight. Yeah. So to be able to actually properly black tie dress up... We can be James nice. Bond for just a couple of hours. Exactly. <laughs> or premium Bond. <laughs> or book Bond. I was going to say, uh, PG Tips. <laughs> they were monkeys, darling. Yeah, yeah. he's right. Yeah. PG Tips. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you, delicious. See you soon. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.